Welcome everybody to another episode on Sober Stories of Badgers Empowering Recovery. My name is Monte Ball, your host, and today we have ourselves a very, very special guest, very special guest. Today we have a gentleman by the name of Aaron Perry, who is an extremely influential individual in the black community, um, primarily black men. And I'm so excited to chat with him. I love that he's here. And uh, let's get right to it. Mr. Perry, how are you doing? I am doing well, man. Thank you so much for the invite. Oh, my gosh. No, no. Thank you for (laughs) for wanting (laughs) to hop on. This is... This is remarkable, man, because, again, I've shared with you, obviously, our listeners know as well, I'm with the Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, and my primary role is to focus on our communities of color because, as we all know, there's a significant amount of health care disparities. Um, our communities are disproportionately impacted with drugs and alcohol. We have food deserts, etc. And obviously, I'm familiar with the work that you do, but our listeners don't. Or aren't familiar. So let's get right into it, man. So so tell us a little bit about your organization, Rebalanced Life Wellness Association. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so the organization was started back um, in around 2004. I, you know, I've been diabetic for 27 years now. And I remember going into a doctor's appointment and uh, it was a tough, it was a tough conversation uh, that I had with my doctor. But I always um, asked my doctor and appreciated that he he just kept it real with me and uh, no sugarcoating, just keeping it real. But I remember him looking at my labs and he said, you know, Aaron, um, um, some of the things that you're complaining about, the blurred vision, the tingling of your feet and hands. He said, all of that is due to poor diabetes control. And I remember looking at him and I said, doctor, I am doing everything that you're asking of me. And he said, I, he said, well, you need to exercise a little more. You can, you can probably lose weight. And at the time I was about 246 pounds. Um, you know, I, I, didn't think that I was overweight, um, but for my size, five foot eleven, two forty six. I mean, I was still running a you know a ten minute mile. Um, I could knock out 15, 15 miles pretty easy. Um, so I didn't understand what was happening. But I remember telling my doctor that I said, "Well, I did see this thing called the Iron Man on TV the other day, and I will never forget my doctor's um, voice. He, it was kind of quivering, but he said, well, wait, wait a minute. He said, Aaron, I want you to exercise, but the Iron Man are for serious athletes. You, you can't do that. He said, get you a bike, maybe ride around the block. Why don't you try walking after meals? And I said, well, it is something that I want to give a give it a try. And my doctor said, yeah, good luck. And I didn't Hmm. think much of it, but I signed up the very next day. And 362 days from that conversation, I crossed the finish line of my first Ironman. And unbeknownst to me um, that I was the world's first African-American diabetic to do an Ironman, I didn't know that those statistics were kept. Um, But that's something that that I own. But I I, I reflect back to having my doctor uh, make that statement. 
And I just knew that there was something that I've always had this drive in me. And that 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 really pushed me uh, a little harder. And so as I started, you know, training and getting ready, uh, my doctor was correct. It was very hard for me to make high endurance training and diabetes come together as one. But we continued to work at it, um, or I continued to work at it, and slowly things start to come together. You know, the swimming and biking, and then, or the biking and running, I, I had to hire a swim coach to learn how to swim 2.4 miles. And so actually, you know, it, it as I started, the old athlete in me really came back out again. And I just stayed consistent. But I recall the biggest challenge was my blood sugars were dropping dangerously low. And so to me, that was the real challenge of making high endurance training and diabetes work together as a team. You know, so fast forward, it's the day of the event. I started at 246 pounds. On race day, I was 180 pounds. I was think I was around 3% body fat. Wow. So I really did not cut corners on my training. Um, but, you know, it was just a fun day of, of just working out, swimming, biking, and running. Uh, I started at 7 a.m. I crossed the finish line at 1135 at night. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Badgers hockey coach finished right behind me or I finished right behind him, you know, uh, Mr. Johnson, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I do recall that, you know, but, um, but, you know, in, in doing, in doing that event, it really, you know, catapulted me into wanting to be an advocate. Initially, Monty, I set out to be an advocate for, the diabetes community or the diabetic community, but I realized after getting emails from diabetics all over the world, I realized that what they were asking of me, I was not qualified to give them that that advice, but I would just encourage them to you know, find a walking or running club in their community and get their medical team together, a diabetes educator, uh, you know, and nutritionists, they're endocrinologists. And I said, these are your professionals. You got to trust them. That initially was very hard for me, but I, you know, I surrendered and I said, you know what, I'm going to rely on the professionals. And ultimately it got me to the, to the finish line. Mm -hmm. But as I started working to become an advocate, I started narrowing my focus because black men's health which obviously is always going to be near and dear to me because I was in that challenge. I continue to be in that challenge of waking up every day and trying to improve my health, paying attention to side effects of whatever it is. And, you know, I just try to stay on top of living the best life that, that I can live, you know, but I look back at, you know, I have uh, two brothers, you know, and uh, I had three brothers. One was uh, unfortunately shot and killed about through two and a half, three years ago in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, he had served some time in prison and, and my other two brothers have served some minimal time in prison. But, you know, Monty, I always ask myself, you know, how did I, how did we all grow up in the same home? We slept in the same bedroom. How did our lives take such different paths? You know, my, my, my path led me to college. Their path led them to alcoholism and incarceration. Um, but I've, I used to circle back and try to make sense of it. And I really believe that at the time, 
we lived across the street from a uh, tavern, Johnny's Starlight Inn on 24th and Hadley in Milwaukee. I had the top bunk bed. So I had a window, a view right directly out of the window and directly across the street to uh, to the tavern. Okay. And my brothers, who all we all slept in the same room, they only had a vision, uh, a view of a wall. And so two o'clock in the morning, almost every single morning, I would wake up. It's bar time. I would see people coming out. They were shooting up with needles. They were drunk. I mean, I'm watching. They were were fighting. And I'm watching all of this. And I said, that's not a life that I wanted to live. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm older and I'm reflecting back. How is it that my life turned out? so different than my brothers. And I really believe it was the view from my bedroom window. Wow. What I saw, I didn't I didn't want to have any parts of that. Mm-hmm. And my brothers unfortunately they didn't have that. And so I'm a, I'm gonna stop there, Monty, and let you ask some questions no, if you no. have some. <laughs> no. Again, this is it's is this is a conversation and and it's and it's all about you. So I really appreciate everything that you're sharing. This is what our listeners wanna wanna hear. Um, you know, how did Aaron Perry get started? What yeah. influenced Aaron Perry? And obviously everybody understands that it's life experiences, um, some things you see, some things you um, go through that make you get on this path. So you really just nailed my next question, which was, well, you know, why, why did you want to, you know, start your organization? And I guess, and I guess you kind of touched on it there a little bit, but I mean, I, w- I would love for you to continue. Man, okay. you, you, yeah, because I mean, you're going right into your journey, and this is what mm-hmm. this is what this is about. The floor is excellent, yours. excellent. Sounds good. Yeah, so you know, um, now that you know, I, I've I've crossed the finish line. That was probably one of the, uh, I would say, most challenging things that I did. But but it was also the very first time in my life that I started and finished what I, where I finished what I started. Uh, I didn't cut corners with my training. I stayed true to it. Uh, it was extremely hard, but we ended up making it happen and I got through it. And so now that I have this little title, uh, I, I put up a website and again, I started getting, um, getting emails from diabetics all over the world. And I just knew that I was not qualified to offer that advice, but then I just narrowed my focus back to black men in the state of Wisconsin and ultimately just narrowed it down to Dane County. So currently there's 15,600 black men in Dane County. We account for uh, for 6% of the male population. But when you look at the data, when you look at the health disparities, we continue to be at the bottom of all of these lists. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I had to ask myself, how is it that we have a billion-dollar university? How is it that we have multi-billion-dollar hospitals in our backyard, yet we can't seem to figure to figure this problem out? And so that became my quest 
to try to lead by example, to ask those hard questions, why is it that black men just don't go to the doctor? And so I ended up serving on a couple of committees, the UW Health Diabetic Patient Advisory Committee and the UW Health Patient Family Center Care Committee. And so I I joined those committees because I needed to see why is it I needed to be on the inside and trying to understand why the outside is not working. And serving on those committees, I realized that there were a lot of physicians that were definitely uh, well-intended, but you got to know the culture and you got to know how folks are living if you really truly want to help them. Because when you don't have that information, you have a lot of these assumptions that are going on about how we live and what we do. And so I was listening and I took really good notes. And I don't know if you remember back in the day when 50 Cent, the rapper said, someone asked him, how do you, how do you think of all this stuff? And he said, well, every time I get a good idea, I write it down and I throw it in the shoebox. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> I found myself, every time I had this idea, I would hear something from a medical provider, I would write it down and I put it in a folder. I didn't have the shoebox, I just made a folder. And so when I started hearing um, these world, world-recognized, um, highly acknowledged physicians saying we can't get Black men to, for one, schedule appointment. If they do schedule appointment, they show up too late and can't be seen. And we also cannot get them to talk about their health. And so, you know, Monty, I started thinking, wait a minute, Um, guys do talk about their health. Because every time I go in and I was getting my hair cut once a week in the barbershop, guys were coming in. They were talking about having gout. They were talking about all these different health ailments that they had. And I remember everyone's talking, but when they got done, they got up out of that chair after they got that great grooming service, they got up out of the chair and they walk right out. And I remember thinking, hearing what the medical community is saying, it dawned on me that you're, you're, you're trying to reach men from their own location, right? you know? Yeah. And so I made up my mind to try to bring the medical community to the barbershop. And, and why is that? And I said, because black men, that's where they go. That's where they trust. They respect. They feel accepted. There's no shame. And it only just made sense. And so I approached uh, Jeff Patterson, the owner of JP Hair Design, Madison's largest black barbershop. But I approached him and I shared my my vision with him, and you know he saw it right away. And ultimately, the next biggest challenge was how are we going to pay for this? So he blessed me with the concept of opening up a men's health center uh, in his location, um, and then we just started writing grants. And this was really just a consistent. Um, of writing grants. And I literally wrote grants for seven years. And for seven years, I got rejected every single time we wrote them. And I was getting better, but I never understood why is it that when I would get the rejection letter and I would call and I would just ask a basic question, what could I, we, we have done different to move us into that you got the grant category. And you know, Monty, unfortunately, a lot of these calls 
they were just a waste of time. They couldn't tell me anything about our grant. They didn't know the name of it. I mean, it was pathetic, you know. And then we wrote a grant for the state, minority health grant, and we found out that we were not awarded the grant. I was watching news one night. Now, every day I'm running to the mailbox. I'm looking at my email. I'm waiting to get feedback on whether we got the grant. And I'm watching the news. And they, they, they start talking about these organizations that were awarded this grant. And that's how we found out that we were not awarded. And so I called the very next day to inquire why is it that you guys don't have it in place, a system in place that, you know, um, let folks know that they were not awarded. And the lady said, well, all the letters went out. I said, no, ma'am, the letter did not go out. I did not receive a letter. I found out that we didn't get the grant because I was watching the news. I will never, ever forget what this lady said. She said, oh, my bad. That was her response. That's it? And that was it. And I was just, I was so disappointed. Oh, my bad. And so there was no letter sent out. I don't know what other applicants, what they've experienced, but that was the last time that I decided we were going to apply for grants. It just wasn't working. And so we had decided as a collective collective group, if if we as black men going to figure this problem out, we got to figure it out ourselves. Exactly. And that's kind of what was happening. And so, you know, I, I brought here um, Black Men Run. You know, we started doing these runs. We started doing Black Men Cycle Madison. We're doing Black Men Hike. But we were doing all these initiatives. And it actually caught the eye of SSM Health. And it just so happens that they saw this group of black men out running. They inquired. The next thing I know, they invited us to apply for a grant. And uh, I remember when they invited us to apply for the grant, it was the Helping Dane County Be Healthy grant. I remember that just like it was yesterday. And I was, I had decided that I wasn't going to apply, but there was something different about SSM Health. They actually invited us to the table to talk about it. And that was the very first time we had had that experience. And so I, I, I felt that if we did apply, it would be a fair process. And so we applied and we ended up getting awarded a $90,000 grant. It was 30000 a year for three years. And that's how we opened our men's health center. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, we put that money, we made that money work. Um, this, this, and, and the reason that, that I shared, and it's so important, because if people are out here and they are funders, uh, please understand that there's these great ideas that are in our community, but, but these folks just need a chance. This could be the, the, the game changer of how we connect, you know, in, improving the health disparities versus watching the same old system go on day in and day out. And so there's a lot of people in our community that have these great ideas. Unfortunately, we just get passed over. And so now we got this grant from the university. I'm I'm sorry, we got this grant from SSM Health. And 
within four months of us opening the doors to our men's health center, we got a call from uh, Megan Kelly's producers where they were actually Oprah Winfrey's producers. They were just working for the Megan Kelly oh, wow. show because <laughs> Oprah Winfrey's show had ended. And so they identified themselves as the Oprah Winfrey producers. And I'm like, holy cow, what's going on? And they said, well, we want to come and do a story on you. We want to fly you to New York. And I said, well, Oprah's out in New York. They said, no, um, we're actually working with the Megyn Kelly show <laughs> and that we want to come in and do a story. And so that's what happened. They came in. They did this beautiful story. They flew us out to New York and they put us on live TV, um, you know, and we got to share our concept with four million people. And I tell you, it was a game changer for us because it really put us out there on a whole different stage. But Really, um, and, I, and I will share this, and I know some people may, may not like this, but I tell you, while I was on the Megyn Kelly show and I was doing that interview, people were seeing my mouth move. But, you know, I really was giving the finger to all of those people that passed on us, that disrespected us, that didn't treat us with respect, that didn't give us the common courtesy of saying, hey, we didn't, you didn't get the grant. So I was literally on that, on that live interview, giving the finger to all those folks that said we were not worthy. And, you know, again, I was in my feelings. I've since, I've since recovered from that, <laughs> you know, but I was, I was in my feelings at of the course. time, but you know, of course. then the work just started and we started, you know, we opened this facility. We partnered with the Edgewood College nursing program. We have eight um, nursing students come. They do an eight-week internship with us. You know, they do the blood pressure screenings. They develop, you know, blood pressure cards so that when men come in, get their blood pressure, we give them a card they take with them. When they come back for a health haircut, we compare the numbers. And, you know, it's just, it's just a well-oiled machine that works. Of course. Yeah, that's... Yeah. See, that's the beauty of it. Honestly, this is the beauty about... This podcast being a conversation is people don't want to hear me. You've heard me enough that we want to hear Mr. Perry, Mr. Aaron Perry, and you have shared a significant amount. And, and, and it was honestly a lot of great information there from your childhood to, you know, what, what got you started on this journey to do something, do, do the things that you are doing to your the talk shows you were on. I mean, that is, that is an amazing thing. And honestly, the good segue that I have is because whenever you spoke about, you know, why is it that, uh, our, uh, you know, our community, we, we don't, as, as a whole, we don't trust doctors. We don't trust. I mean, I understand why we, you know, mm-hmm. we, we understand why um, from, from a while ago, of course, but there needs to be a change. There needs to be a switch in that. And I think you are doing it with the a program or a focus of your organization is revitalize black communities and restore trust yes. in medicine. I would love for you to share how has that been going with your organization? Some success stories, obviously not sharing names, of course, of the mm-hmm. individuals, but I would love to hear. Yeah. How has that you know, been going? Yeah, it's going really good. You know, the one there, there's one. Um, there's one, I don't want to call it a case, but we had this, uh, gentleman that came in and, um, I can tell he had get, just got his hair cut looking good, but he walked into the men's center and you can see that he was, he just, he just looked defeated. 
and I said, you know, how you doing, man? And I, yeah, I won't, like I said, won't name his name, but I just said, hey, how you doing? And he said, you know, man, I had better days. And I said, well, what's going on? And he said, man, you know, I was, you know, with my girl and, you know, we were trying to get busy. And unfortunately, you know, it just wasn't working. And she made a comment that you better figure this out or I'm, I'm going to get me a younger man. And I remember him saying, I, I know my girl was just giving me a hard time, but it still hurt. And he said, mm-hmm. man, I, I just need to get my life on track. I need to get my health together. And so we started by doing a blood pressure uh, screening and he had a stroke level blood pressure. And so right away, I said, man, you, you got to get this check. We can't let wow. you walk out of here, brother. You got to get this check. Right. I said, I'm not a doctor, but that could potentially be a contributing factor to why you're, you're not performing in, in the bedroom. And so we ended up helping him get... Uh, first of all, we help them get get um, insurance because we have an insurance navigator on spot. Uh, so we help them get insurance. We ended up getting them over to uh, an urgent care facility. He ended up going, got him on medication. We covered the cost of his medication. And then he came back in. And now he's feeling good because he has his blood pressure medication. He knows that whatever's going on with his blood pressure Given time, he will start making some lifestyle changes and be able to get that under control. But another area that he said was that his, you know, his girl complains that, you know, he he snores. And I said, well, have you ever had a sleep study? He had never heard of that. And so we worked with him on getting a sleep study. I would say within, I want to say about a 90 day period of total time. This man got on blood pressure medication. He got a sleep study, but I'll never forget the day, Monty. He walked in. He said, I'm back in the bedroom. (laughs) He was so happy. And I just looked at him and I smiled and I said, you know what? This is why we do this, because we're giving these men their life back. Absolutely. You know, and that is one of the success stories that I will never forget if we have to close the doors next year because of funding, that is one of those success stories that I said it was it was well worth it. But we have many of those those stories that we can share. Um, and again, look, we're giving these guys their life back because we're helping them get back their health when they felt that you know other things in life was was more important and that health was falling on the back burner. And now we just help them, as my organization said, we just help them rebalance their day. <laughs> and now we just move that health care to the top of the list because we now helped our men understand that without your health, you have nothing. You don't have you don't yeah, have anything. Absolutely. And so that's one of the areas that we've been successful in. Oh my goodness, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's you're right. Those are those stories. Those it's like tangible, a tangible, like physical property or some sort that you can just reach out and grab mm-hmm. of proof as to how your business is impacting the lives of those who walk through the door. And that's, that's mm-hmm. just honestly what it's all about. And that's what I'm saying, man, you, you've probably heard this a million times, but you are, you are a trailblazer. And what you are doing and have already done to 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 the lives of those who show up at your business, your organization is is something that will be remembered forever. Because unfortunately, you know, there's just not a lot of healthcare education 
out there uh, that's culturally specific to our communities. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we, you know, uh, we don't have, you know, we, some of us are currently still living in food deserts. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. some people don't Absolutely. even understand what that means. And it's like, you know, you get your McDonald's, your Hardee's, but that's about it. Good luck mm-hmm. on a grocery store. Good luck on a Whole Foods. So we're forced to eat poorly. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that impacts our cholesterol, our, our blood pressure, all of the above. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it all goes hand in hand, just like you stated. Your mental, mm-hmm. your, your, your physical health impacts your mental health. Your mental health impacts your physical health. Yes, um, absolutely. And that's just mm-hmm. what it is. So, honestly, what you shared right there about what well, that is, this is, these are stuff that I'm going to take with me until um, I'm mm-hmm. in the grave because this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Um, yeah. And I, and honestly, just the last thing that I kind of want you to touch on, man, is I want you to talk about you being on Time Magazine, man. That, <laughs> just because, again, it's it's that's to me, yeah. that's a, that's the pinnacle <laughs> of, of showcasing all that you have done and that this care is out there for folks. Yeah. And honestly, you need to pat yourself on the back. <laughs> as well yeah, so. I, I, I appreciate it <laughs> yeah, definitely so how was that <laughs> you know it's um actually I'll, I'll i'll start before the time magazine actually men's health magazine contacted me and they said you know mr perry we've selected you as one of five men worldwide that's changing the world of health hold on a second hold on a second <laughs> did you worldwide one yes. out of five men yeah, uh huh. And so, is an honor. <laughs> yeah, so we did, we did this, we did this article. Believe it or not, that was almost a year and a half ago. The article still hasn't run. So you know, I check in with the um, at the editor, yeah. and I'm like, man, when that darn article coming out? I've been talking about this, and people are looking at me like, yeah, right. Like, uh... And he said, you know, Aaron, it will come out. Obviously, we ran into COVID, and you know, and I get that. And so, um, so after getting that um, call from Men's Health Magazine, you know, they have a monthly subscription around 20 million, mm-hmm. you know. And so getting that call from them, it was an honor of doing the interview. But then literally a week after getting that call from Men's Health Magazine, Time Magazine contacted me and they said they selected me as one of uh, 50 people uh, who's changing the world of health. And they said that my concept of thinking outside the hospital is what won them over. And so, you know, I have these two honors, um, literally a, a monthly circulation of about 70 to 80 million. And I was just really pleased to be just mentioned uh, along the lines of uh, the likes of uh, a Bill Gates. So if you if you see the, the Time Magazine um, uh, article, they have all 50 people represented. And, you you know, I'm literally right next to Bill Gates. Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, unbelievable. It was just s- such an honor. But, you know, I, I, I did a I did an interview on the um, NPR uh, National Public uh, Radio. And the, um, the the young lady that was interviewing me, she asked that specific question. And, you know, I went all the way back to when I was, uh, when I first started school. So I had 17 years with my mom before she passed away. But literally every single day I got up and went to school, 
literally for 17 years, my mother would always kiss me on my forehead and she said, remember, baby, you're important. Mm. So I I heard that Mm. every single day, five days a week, sometimes six days a week. I heard that every single, almost every single day of my life. And that was what my mom said to me. So when this uh, young lady asked me, about literally the the article or getting the Time Magazine honor, I said to her, I said, well, you know, I actually did appreciate it, but I didn't need an, a Time Magazine to tell me I was important because my mom already told me that. There you go. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, uh, it's sad that we have such, you know, uh, mean-spirited people in our community. Some So many people went online and they called me arrogant and all this. And, you know, the only thing that I could say is they were probably upset because they were not as fortunate to have a mother kiss them on the forehead and tell them every day that they were special. Because maybe if they had that, they wouldn't be spending their time talking about me being arrogant because I shared that story. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. Or, Or possibly spending their time trying to gain validation and yes. avenues in their life that they shouldn't be. But mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about, Mr. Perry. Like, <laughs> this is f- from man to man, from, from heart to heart. This is most definitely an honor to just chat with you here, to have this conversation, because I'm learning, of course. I'm, I'm 30 years old, and I'm really learning as much as I can every single day about mental health. And mm-hmm. obviously, our communities, um, I obviously have lived experience as well, and I would love to learn as much as I can from you. Mm, Yeah. Well, you know, I I definitely appreciate it. And one of the things that I I wanted to say to you about five, five or six years ago, uh, I had um, a couple of the guys that, you know, we called them our elders, the men that were leading the way, but they, they reached out to a core group of us and they told us that, you know, they were going to be retiring and that it was going to be up to us, that new group to kind of pick up, things where they left off and helped mm-hmm. lead the way of improving the health of the black community. And so I I gladly was one of the guys that grabbed that torch and I'm just trying to run with it. But what I'm what I'm uh, sharing with you uh, Monty is that I see you as among that group that many of us are going to be re- retiring soon and we see you know young men like yourself are going to be that next group that's going to going to lead the way and so anything that I can you know provide you know to you know you've already stepped in those shoes but anything that I can provide so that when I decide to walk away, I know that our community is in good hands with young men like you. And so that's, you know, going to be my thing. If there's anything that I could share with you, any wisdom or anything, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm there for you. Yes, sir. I, th- I really appreciate that. It's uh, yes, I like I said, I'm learning every single day, but it would be an honor to learn from you. And and yes, my my goal The reason why I came back is to give back to our communities, to give back because our communities need it. And you would be an awesome, an awesome teacher for me. (laughs) I mean, that's the top of the top. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I only have one request, man. Don't don't ask me to run that 440 (laughs) with you.
Don't, <laughs> hey, don't ask me to run it either. I, <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I probably could still run, but yeah, it, it, his body's old now. But, but Mr. <laughs> Mr. Perry, man, um, I don't want to keep you much longer. Uh, we will be connecting, um, okay. obviously, offline and chatting more about how we're going to work together and get yes. this and get this bad boy going for our communities. But um, nonetheless, thank you so much for for one your time here and for two for being the trailblazer that our communities need i'm so thankful yeah thank you thank you so much again for the invitation and definitely like you said let's 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 work together man there's so much that needs to happen that needs to be done and i just think that we can make some special things happen for the community yes sir that that is the goal that is the goal. So again, thank you. Um, now to everybody listening, thank you for tuning in to Sober Stories of Badgers and Power and Recovery. That was a wonderful episode with Mr. Aaron Perry, the trailblazer, the man of the hour. That was awesome. <laughs> and uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. All right. All right. Take care. <laughs>